0: The views and opinions of any of the guests of After Hours AM are not necessarily the views and opinions of After Hours AM, its hosts, its staff, or any of its affiliates.
1: Live from the After Hours AM Studio, Joel Sturgis and Eric Olson. <laughs>
0: Good evening, everybody. Welcome to this edition of After Hours AM. I'm your host, Joel Sturgis. Is anybody else there? (laughs) Yes, you didn't
1: turn my way.
0: Eric Olson
2: (laughs) and (laughs) Dr. Clarissa Cole.
0: Wow, you you didn't hear anything. Cool, I could have said anything. I heard nothing. I could have been like you know that Eric you know he's he, he he has a rubber butt and every time he turns around he goes put 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 you know so. <laughs> well, that, that would have been about the worst you could have said. Yeah, well, that's my three year old's big thing today. You have a rubber butt, <laughs> you know, you're nuts. You have a rubber butt every time you turn around you go put put put, and she laughs for like ten minutes after that. So anyhow, getting back to the serious business of after hours, I am a m. At hand. Better known as the three Amigos, of course, of true crime and erica, I know you've got you got some newest listeners i 'd like to get to that right off the top if you wouldn't mind if you, if you feel like talking about it i'd love that if you would
1: oh sure it's all therapeutic. I certainly learned that I, I felt that last week that 's for sure when we were when, when we were discussing it, yeah, uh, so my dad who i've been talking about who's in Rather serious decline with the congestive heart failure, and then he ended up getting MRSA via a procedure, and he just couldn't, he couldn't fight it off. As tough as he was, even though he had just overcome pneumonia only a few weeks before that, and he just kept bouncing back, and that's what everyone keeps saying. God, we thought we was, he, he would bounce back from that, but no, it was just too much. He, his heart was too weak, and... Um, All the organs ended up going, just all, you know, kind of all the stuff you would anticipate. And he did pass away on Saturday. It was very sad. It's really hard. I keep having the waves of uh, sorrow that that apparently is the norm. Everyone keeps saying, yep, that's how it goes. You get a wave coming through, and then hopefully it's gone pretty quickly. And other than one super major meltdown, I think it was, two nights ago that is how it's worked it's just been a quick yeah. wave i'm very sad something triggers it and then i'm all right and often it's in the middle of a phone call so i'm yeah. I'm talking away then i break down and melt and sound like a blubbering idiot and then i'm fine again yeah. it's bizarre so yes the service is tomorrow and uh, we've kind of been gearing up for that as far as what happened? Uh, obviously, we did not want that result. Um, that's that's the bad part. Uh, but on the other hand, he was 84. He had an amazing life. We were just commenting amongst ourselves. We've heard it from lots of other people since we put the obituary together. I mean, wow, he did a lot of things. And we figured out he did visit actually more than 100 countries in his wow. life. He did a lot of things, and he Man. went to every Summer Olympics between L.A. and 84 and London. So, I mean, he was Mr. Olympics. He has his tremendous collection that I'm going to kind of curate and try to put together into some sort of exhibit. So there, sure. there are many things that we have to celebrate, and that's what we're focused on. This was a tremendous guy who touched a lot of people's lives, and, you know, you always want it to be longer. 84 isn't 94, and it's not 104, but, hey— <laughs> it is 84 yeah. and almost all that time for other than a very brief period you know brief periods really just in the last year of his life he was he was quite functional he had an excellent quality of life he did all kinds of wonderful things he really helped out with my kids when my wife and i are super busy and doing our own things he helped out until really very near the end basically till he couldn't drive anymore and that was only That was only the last year or so. And even so, he was he was always there mentally and um, uh, he was himself. So and and last, uh, I will say about it so that we're not belaboring it. um, When when the time came, we're, you know, we're at the absolute ground zero for such things. We were literally in the cardiac ICU of the Cleveland Clinic. That's like the best place in the world he possibly could have been at the time. And when that he wasn't in pain, um, he, he came to, he had been sedated for the breathing tube. They stopped the sedation. They took out the breathing tube. We were all there, everyone but my son, who is in Finland. You've heard about him many times. He couldn't make it. They're coming in October. But other than him, who my dad did Skype with mm-hmm. on Thursday, uh, last Thursday, which was kind of his last really fully lucid and all there day, which was a great day for him um he he talked to chris he saw the babies the twins and chris's wife in finland so even though chris wasn't physically there uh he was certainly there in spirit but everyone else all the other grandchildren his other children and um really super close friend the minister showed up um he he did revive he came to he opened his eyes he spoke to us so it was like a it was like a bad lifetime movie as far as cliches goes he Died peacefully, surrounded by family and friends. He really only lasted a few minutes after they took out the breathing tube. And, of course, again, it was very difficult, but we are focused on the positive because that's what he would have been. He said the last real words that he said to us that Thursday before we left Thursday evening was, I remain optimistic, I am calm, uh, I'm ready. So... I guess it's about as good as it could have been given the terrible result that we lost my dad.
0: Yeah, and, and, and again, Eric, um, all of us give our condolences, and there has been an outpouring from the listeners as well. I want to thank everybody for that. And thank you for keeping Eric and, and his family in your prayers and, and uh, really caring. You know, we, we, we actually have listeners that care, and that's great. That's the great part about the show is they're invested in us. And we're invested in them, and when something does happen, they really are there to kind of, you know, cheer us on or, or tell us, you know, hey, too bad, things like that. So we're we're blessed that way. And, and uh, again, your ma- your dad was an amazing person, amazing man. He also raised an amazing son, you Eric. Oh, and, nice. and uh, so <laughs> he he touched a lot of lives and uh, is continuing to do so both through you and his grandchildren. So, and now great grandchildren, and great grandchildren. So, again, our deepest condolences, but uh, we will move on from that because you know, like I you made said, it through that, you did, thing. you, you Without did breaking up once, you did, you, you really did. Uh, you know, and uh, man, again, deepest condolences, and we all are here for, for you, and uh, we will continue to be there for you. So. You know
1: thank you, and for those who think it may be a little odd uh, that i'm uh, that I'm on this week it, it's it's important to me I really did it's therapeutic. I wanted to kind of convey to everyone what had happened since we yeah. we did talk about what was going on last week, and uh I agree with joel you know it's it's really nice to have people out there who do listen and who do care that is a wonderful thing, and I do appreciate it very very much and we are so committed, and we said this last week, too, to really making these shows, these Wednesday and Thursday night shows, the best that they can be. And we're, we're, we've both been distracted. We've all been distracted by a lot of things. And I, I know you guys know how important a job Clarissa has. And, oh, yeah. You know, she has got a lot of obligations. I mean, she is the real McCoy working for the um, state of California penal system and and giving us her time in in what would otherwise be spare time so you know we've all had a lot of stuff going on but we're absolutely committed to making these shows the best they can be to promote them as best we can to, and to really kind of move it to the next level and and professionalize so as part of that i really wanted to be here i'm I'm going to do my best to be here tomorrow night as well That's a little more iffy because we do have the service tomorrow but It's in the afternoon, so uh, I should uh, be able to make, and I'll certainly let Joel know in advance about tomorrow night. But I'm very excited about tonight because, man, besides covering all the amazing true crime news that we typically do, both serious and bizarre and hilarious, uh, we have an amazing guest who has put together uh, really quite an outstanding documentary. That's been on HBO now for the last couple months Called Mommy Dead and Dearest And she is a really fast-rising young woman She's just late 20s yeah. Filmmaker who has put this thing together Aaron Lee Carr So we're very excited to talk to her in the second hour
0: Well, you know, she also did the documentary The Cannibal Cop as well
1: Exactly and, and, I watched and that one today I
0: covered that before, that <laughs> and,
1: case So and it was... absolutely, we want to talk about that as well
0: Yeah, definitely talk about that And then tomorrow night, of course get your rock and roll ready because we're having the ghost wolves on tomorrow night i'm really carly the lead singer from the ghost wolves will be joining us and talking all things paranormal and rock and roll and kind of going in that direction i look forward to, to that show as well so you're not one of my but that, that first day my new tongue guys i tell you uh, i actually uh hit my mouth right before showtime my, don't hit your mouth. My, well, you- I shouldn't say <laughs> I hit my mouth. My little one headbutt me in the mouth. Oh, and yeah, oh my awful. God, that hurts! And I'm, I have a bleeding sore, and I'm trying to talk. Oh. And so, excuse me if I stumble a little bit. I'm like, I oh my God, this really hurts. Relate. Oh God, I'm going you you don't me. feel bad. To
1: yeah, a headbutt <laughs> from a toddler. Oh God, when Billy yes. was 18 months old. She didn't do it on purpose but we met heads and her hard little cranium oh, yeah. literally hit, hit me in the forehead knocked me <laughs> over and oh, wow. almost, almost almost knocked me out man
0: Starred. oh i Starred. took one right in the mush by by james really? he's my one and a half year old
1: believe it so your head just did that to me it was like a freight train it was like it lebron really james
0: hurt. driving it, on me it really so. does hurt and it's like really you had to pick all times you know all times to do this you pick now when i actually have to go talk for a long period of time thanks kid oh. right. i'm gonna remember that later on i'm gonna remember this no, but you're, you're right. you just going to, like, pop him in the mouth that, right before well, prom or what? No, little no, one, he, hard hit. Yeah. <laughs> retribution won't. No, retribution won't happen. He's just, he's too cute. He's one, So, you know, you can't seek rep- retribution on the poor boy. He doesn't know what he's doing. But anyhow, getting back to what I was saying, we got a couple of great shows lined up for everybody. But we're switching gears a little bit now. Uh, I've read headlines. Clarissa's read headlines. But the people have spoken. They love you more, Clarissa. We do the headlines. Oh, no, so And I'd like to make this a point that this first hour will, from here on in, be brought to you by The Criminal Code. If you've never gone to the thecriminalcode.com, you are missing a lot of things, guys. You can look at bios. You can look at rundowns of all the serial killers. Get the latest news and, and actually follow a lot of what she talks about on this show, on The Criminal Code. So definitely check that out. That is your true crime source right there. Forget everybody else and remember thecriminalcode.com. Thank you, Joel.
2: Yes, I, I try to put, I'm taking requests too. If you want, uh, you know, a profile of well, somebody that is not uh, yet that, on the, on the uh, website.
0: That is odd that you were to mention that. I had a request actually, uh, not to, you know, throw this right on you, but we had uh, Andrew Phillip, uh, and let me pronounce this, Kanana? oh, yeah. Kunanin, there, there it is. is. Yeah. and uh, that was, what, and evidently, there's a 2020 special coming on oh, about this. And they were kind of curious. The listeners were kind of curious. Your take on because they're calling him a serial killer. Was he indeed a serial killer? And do mm-hmm. what do you know about him?
2: Now, I would, from what I remember, I think Kunanin was a spree killer which uh, is, is, is kind of what I remember. And that is more typical of, of guys, uh, well, and women who, who go after a public figure like that, you know, like a uh, Hinkley going after Reagan. Yeah. Um, they might take more than one person out in a short period of time, which, you know, people are saying that, you know, that's the definition of a serial killer. But um, the, a serial killer has to have a cooling off, a, a definite cooling off period in between. And I don't know if Cunanan did off the top of my head. Um, I know he went after Versace for some very specific reasons. Um, no, I would love to do a profile on him, though. He yeah, no,
0: a- absolutely. I, uh, Yeah, that came across the old uh, Facebook feed. Curious about this individual. And I said, hmm, I don't know who he is, but I bet you Clarissa would have some insight on what uh, he did. And yeah, he was more of a spree killer. uh, Yeah. They call him a serial killer.
2: Like Wikipedia is calling him a serial killer. And that is incorrect. It was, it was over a three month period. There was no cooling off period in between. So he probably didn't no, he's a spree killer, but that's okay. Wikipedia is not infallible. Um, And I have, I don't know that I've actually really done a spree killer. I've done mass murders like Charles Whitman recently, but no, this would be a new
0: one. So yeah. Very, very cool. So, look for that write up to be featured on the Criminal Code. Yeah, I could do it next week. That write up, and you can learn more about this person, way more than a one hour television special can give you. And uh, really get the doctor's work up on that. And Mm. see what you think about this guy and whether or not he's a serial or spree killer. That is the question. But uh, getting back to what you came for, of course, that's True Crime Headlines, again, brought to you by TheCriminalCode.com. Clarissa, you are at the helm. Where do we go?
2: Well, I wanted to start with, you know, more serious, get into like the more ridiculous after that. But I, I figured, what is more serious than the Vatican?
0: Oh, not much. Right? A heart Nothing. attack. True.
2: <laughs> okay. Oh. God, the hats they wear. I'm not sure. So
1: <laughs> They're so pointy. They're Vatican... silly, aren't they? They, they are really rather are rather
2: silly. It's, it's very Monty Python-esque, I think, it's, those it's, hats. They're whimsical. They are. They are. <laughs> uh, so Vatican, I didn't realize, by the way, so maybe you guys, because Eric, I know that you have traveled quite a bit. I, Joel, I don't know if you've traveled ah, as much. Here and there. Much.
0: Here and there. I've traveled. Uh,
2: so are Vatican cops real cops? Can anyone
0: explain this? I think they are. Are they? Oh, yeah. Yeah. They are. Uh, now, you, you know, there's.
1: A, they are a sovereign country,
0: yeah, the Vatican. they are. So the, it I, is. I, good. Yeah, very true yeah. here. I'm sorry about that.
1: I mean, so maybe they're federal. Uh, I mean, like, more like, almost more like army, military. But, um, yeah, the Vatican is, is literally a country. It's a sovereign nation within Rome. And they have all, I think, most of the services... You know, the actual services, not that all that many people live there, but um, are covered by Rome. I know they have an agreement with Rome, but certainly certain aspects definitely uh, take the form of an actual uh, national government.
0: Huh? this has popped up in Facebook. Eric, tell us the difference between the Vatican and Vatican II. Well,
1: Vatican II was a pronouncement. It was kind of a change in the rules. Um, so, so the, it, it, it's shorthand. Vatican II okay. is shorthand. The Vatican itself is is a thing, and it's basically two different things. It is both a sovereign nation. It is literally a government. I mean, if you if you look them up, they're right there listed under all the countries of the world. And of course, it's also the seat of the Catholic Church, and it's where the Pope lives and where. All of the h- highest level management of the Catholic Church is based in the Vatican. Vatican City, technically, is what it's called. Okay. So Vatican II is is simply shorthand for a series of changes and/or I think proposed changes. So it's that, not the
0: that, suburb of the Vatican. <laughs> That'd be
1: you know, awesome. It is not a suburb, although that would be
2: <laughs> with rent-a-cops. Exactly. That would be
1: highly amusing, I must say. You know, like a like a walled in development. Exactly.
0: <laughs> With a gate. You know. A gated community, yes. Exactly.
3: Little
2: electric cars and tiny hats. Oh, yeah. So yeah,
0: good. They're on segways. Like we have running right around. Right here
1: in, you know, Aurora, Ohio. We have yeah. Barrington they're our gated community. Well, yeah, everyone's uh, gotta have one. <laughs> so anyway, uh um, to the best of my knowledge, that would be more or less the correct answer. But yeah, a lot of it's always interesting. A lot of people do not know that the the Vatican Vatican City, I should say,
0: is an actual sovereign nation. I did not know that. I, I was With uh, diplomats. And, you really? Know, everything. Wow! Yeah. So they have their own government.
1: Their own government.
0: Very. And, and obviously, the Pope is the president. Come on, he's the pres. Well. Yeah. I believe he is the sovereign,
1: but I don't think he has the title of president.
0: Ah, gotcha. Okay, now why is the Vatican, Clarissa, all up in an uproar? Why is the Pope on a rope over here all mad? He's
2: mad. Uh, Apparently, the Vatican police, now, they raided a drug-fueled gay sex party. Yeah, at the apartment of an aide to one of Pope Francis's key advisors. So apparently, uh, this That's house... a shocker. That,
0: that really is. Ooh. Is it? <laughs> Not really. Oh, no, Not, Not no. At all. <laughs> I'm surprised this doesn't have more often op- to be honest. Someone would come
1: to me and said, Where would it be most likely <laughs> yeah. that the police would Give raid us. a clandestine gay sex party? I would have said, I don't know, Vatican City? <laughs>
2: And you be right, Cardinal Francesco Coco oh, secretary.
0: Wow, say that ten times Whoa, fast. Whoa, nice pronunciation. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. I would have slaughtered. I practiced
1: that. people. That that just <laughs> that came out like
0: a Man of yogurt. It, it really did. It <laughs> really sounded us that's great.
1: <laughs> that was amazing.
2: The, apparently, it belonged the house, or that's his secretary, and he had recommended this secretary for a promotion to bishop. Oh, but. Yeah. I guess the prospects aren't looking so good. No, now.
0: not after the sex gay party got, with the drugs, got busted up.
2: Yeah, but you know what's interesting? I, what I found interesting about this article is that they arrested the priest and they took him to a clinic for detox for the drugs, right? Sure. Because he got drug charges, but gay sex is not illegal in Vatican City.
0: Really? I would have thought for sure that would have been like one of the big rules. Like, I I kind of thought it was below saying
2: they could kind of make up their own you know on the fly. Rules. Rules. Oh by the they way, they can.
0: It's not illegal anymore. We just repealed uh,
1: it. A a super brief um, sidelight here just to just to clarify. Here 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 we go. The politics of Vatican City take place in a framework of an absolute theocratic elective Manar- monarchy, man, does that sound like a bunch of contradictions and terms? It really does. In which, in which the head of the Catholic Church, the Pope, exercises ex officio supreme legislative, executive, and judicial power. Wow, he does it all over wow. the state of the Vatican City. That explain the hat. Are certain U.S. presidents jealous? They really are.
0: I can think of one that'd be really jealous. Really jealous. very jealous, <laughs> yeah. like even turning <laughs> <girl>. more orange.
1: <laughs> All right, back to the story. So, sorry about intervening there. Back to the story. Here you go.
2: Well, no, I mean, that's, that's presumably it. I mean, this guy, is, he's going to detox, by the way, for the third time. Oh, and yet geez. They, they, they still set, like, wanted to promote him to Bishop, even though he clearly had some ongoing
0: yeah, issues. Y- but, y- yes. but this party may do him in. Well, kind I, of... I, I think it probably will. I, I, I yeah. don't see him getting past this. I mean, may into the New York Post, after all. It did,
2: which is kind of strange. So I'm thinking that that is probably the end of the road. Although yeah. the Catholic Church likes to sweep things under the rug, too. Oh, so. yeah. They, they,
0: might, they might do that. It's getting time harder and harder to do that. It is. It is, with cell phones and all.
1: Well, I assume you guys have heard. One of, also, I, I thought that's what this story was going to be about. One of his absolutely top advisors, I mean, tippy, tippy, tippy top, um, a cardinal from australia or i should say the cardinal from australia has now had to go back to australia to face criminal charges what? of child abuse.
2: What? Oh, is that Pell? Is that what wow. we're talking about? Pell, yes. Cardinal Man. Pell, yes.
1: Oh, Pell. That, that he ain't... has had to literally, physically go back to Australia that to face is... these char- criminal charges. It is no joke. That, wow.
2: But that's—I mean, thank goodness that one person is finally facing actual criminal charges. This is I. They have never understood this, that when, you know, all these sex abuse scandals, especially that happen over, over here, yeah. and they never have to, why yeah. are they not being arrested? Why is the Catholic good Church question. allowed to give them some sort of treatment and reassign them? It makes no sense. Finally, someone's going to face yeah, some justice. Good, good
0: question. I, I would have thought for sure he would have ran to Vatican City to mm-hmm. seek asylum. Well, he was there.
1: He, he agreed to Ah, uh, he
0: was taking sanctuary at the Vatican City, hoping, you know, well, maybe they yeah. won't call me. Well, to, uh, I, I, I don't know that he was
1: necessarily taking sanctuary, yeah. though he would have had sanctuary. It yes. was just too prominent. It was too public. Yeah. Uh, he, 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 the church itself just could not withstand harboring him. I mean, let's yeah. face it, you know, well, very so
3: true.
1: he very agreed true. to go. Uh, he, he didn't fight it. Let's put it that way. To go to Australia. To face these charges. So well, at least, you know, give them credit for that. Exactly. Whatever, whatever small modicum of credit is due under the circumstances. Yeah, exactly.
0: Okay, where do we go next, Clarissa?
2: Well, th- I thought this story was kind of uh, interesting. So y- now, you know how Walmart is, right? Yes. We've, we've,
0: oh, multiple yes. times we've talked You know
2: Walmart. how Walmart uh, yeah, is. Yeah, we all know how <laughs> Walmart says. is. Well, you know what is kind of like Walmart, especially in the middle of the night? What's is
0: that? that McDonald's oh man I've been there so many times When I've tied one on go get a Big Mac <laughs> you really oh yeah I'd be three sheets of the wind. I want, a, I want a couple I, I want two Taco Big Macs Bell. I thought Taco Bell
1: yeah. was well we didn't a have a
0: Taco Bell it, <laughs>
1: it is for me
2: night well we, we didn't yeah. have
0: Taco Bell so it <laughs> was either that or, or Hardee's or whatever oh, so. it was all grease no matter what you're getting so it all I'm tastes the same <laughs> <laughs> hey kids you ever heard of tequila? Cause I'm <laughs> on it. No.
1: There is something <laughs> special about the magical wonderfulness of Taco Bell uh, when when a person is impaired. Now I have only heard <laughs> <I'm> this. Pronouncing <laughs> the
0: words, <laughs> like a get chabuca, baca, eco. Nah, just give me a taco
1: come to me, I am Taco Bell.
3: It's true.
0: It, it always helps. Come. It does.
2: I, I, and you know what? I'm not going to blame it on anybody else. I'll say that from personal experience. I have gone to Taco Bell when I am uh, impaired. You've been inebriated?
0: You've been drunk? I to, really? I, yeah, I might I have been a time or two. All
1: right, but we were talking about McDonald's.
0: Yes. yes. We were.
2: So apparently late night, McDonald's has been having some issues with uh, uh, like rowdy... You don't say.
0: People. You don't say.
2: Yeah, oh. usually drunk. Right? Yeah, well, so I would
0: assume. Yeah, yeah.
2: Now they're trying something. The, the, the fast food chain is employing something mostly overseas um, in Australia and um, in the UK.
0: They are now
2: playing classical music.
0: <laughs> Soothe the savage at beast. Night.
2: Yes. That's what they to do. Not during the day.
0: Yeah. Soothe that savage drunken beast so you won't destroy your store. So and is, is it to do just what Joel said, or is it to drive them
2: away? I know, right? <laughs> I, well, it works either way. I'm not sure, to be
0: honest. Maybe half and half. Well, yeah. maybe. Maybe if they can't make them run away, they can at least soothe them so they're docile.
2: It's, I mean, classical Perhaps music so. is supposed to calm people. Yeah. And Especially you a plant. It, yeah, well, yes, there's plant studies. Apparently, it does work. They said that it, 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 encu- it encourages wow. more acceptable behavior.
0: Huh. I'm going to start blasting Mozart in my house. That way, my little heathen children will start listening to me.
1: I, I think, I, honestly, it's slightly um, even more, it's more subtle than that. In other words, uh, I believe within classical music, as within any musical genre... There are certain kinds that work better than others, as far as subduing people. That's why, for example, when you when you hear classical music in in a soothing environment like an elevator or a, or an office or whatever, it's not the big, large, bombastic anthems. It's not yeah. cranging, um opera. It's soothing, low key sure.
0: classical music. It's not Flight of the Bumblebee or anything going on. Yeah. No it is
1: not. And it's not Flight of the Valkyries or whatever. Which would be you know, awesome. Yeah. It's, it's it's not Wagner. It's it's the low-key nocturnal
0: tunes. Man, maybe I should played. start playing that as bumper music on the show.
1: A it little, would be soothing.
0: A little soothing music in between especially an ultra scary episode where we're talking about demons straight from hell. It's a little balk You know.
1: So, let's for example, and I and I know we don't want to, you know, beat this one either, but For example, they if you one of the one of the sources of classical music that many people not particularly familiar with classical music do have in their minds is the Disney movie Fantasia. That is right. Ah, Yes. Yes, Yes,
0: That soundtrack.
1: I mean, almost everyone has seen that, even if you're not a big classical music fan. So think about the different segments within that. So. Um, Night on Bald Mountain, By the End of the Sorcerer and the Apprentice. I mean, it's whipped into a
0: frenzy.
1: It's feverish. Or the Rite of Spring, uh, Stravinsky's. So those are like really kind of clangy, loud, blood boiling in a positive way uh, music. So you wouldn't use that. But there are other pieces in there that are very calm, very soothing, very low key. And those are the ones
0: that you would use. Oh, well, so very, very so- interesting. But we got to go to break, and I guarantee there is no classical music in the break. So, you know, we come back more headlines brought to you by the Criminal Code. Don't go anywhere. Be right back right after this. <laughs>
4: This
3: is Jen McGowan, founder of Wayward Souls Promotions, a company dedicated to helping individuals, teens, radio shows, and others that are seeking exposure for the individual events. Conventions and shows. We offer a wide variety of advertising, such as web-based article, social media posts, podcast advertisement, and so on. Contact us at paranormalpromotion at gmail.com. Visit us on Facebook at Wayward Souls Promotions, and visit our website at ww.waywordsoulspromotions.com.
4: Anavar Media
0: LLC is a dedicated team of professionals. Committed to helping business development scale and protect their websites. Mobile applications, enterprise software solutions in the Northeast Ohio area. Locally owned since 2012. Our client-centered values truly sense Anavar apart. Contact us today to learn how you can get 25% off your first project. Call them at 234-380-4852. Again, that's 234-380-4852. Or visit them at www anavar.com again that's www.anavar.com Hey everybody, this is Joel Sturgis did you know that After Hours AM and America's Most Haunted have a great new website out there? You're going to want to visit americas-most-haunted.com. There you can get all the new content from all the writers for America's Most Haunted as well as the great haunted headlines everybody loves each and every week as well as catch After Hours AM live right there along with podcasts, past shows and get to know your hosts as well as contact us all in one stop. You're going to love it. not gonna wanna go anywhere else so come to America's dash most dash on dot com today what's happening hot stuff And welcome back to After Hours 8. AM, The Criminal Code. And this next half an hour of true crime headlines is brought to you again by The Criminal Code. And of course, for all your true crime needs, stop on over to thecriminalcode.com. It is now 10% duct tape free, so you don't have to worry about that. No <laughs> one will kidnap you there.
1: And with us this evening are me, Eric Olson. That's right. And... Dr. Clarissa Cole.
0: There we go. And I am, of course, Joel Sturgis. <laughs> and we are happy to... I'm just kidding. Uh, I, you know, I was trying to soothe everyone into there, like the like the Mozart we were talking about. See, if that actually worked up, I came in with a very nice, soft, monotone voice. You're getting very sleepy out there. Very... Sl- no, you're not! <laughs> okay. No, let's let's move on. Wow. I feel like I'm on NPR or something. I was very... <laughs> <laughs> i I love npr Uh, NPR, yeah yes i love npr uh yeah uh getting back to what people want to hear true crime headlines let's hit her again where are we going next clarissa
2: well this is a this one this story is kind of it's really disturbing let's put it that way um uh this we're going back to chicago just for a brief moment um because i want to put this out there in case people are not aware of what you know i used to live in chicago so this is Rough for me to even read this. There were more than a hundred people shot over the Fourth of July weekend. Oh my! Really? God! Yeah. Wow. That's, that's an enormous number of people. Wow. That's. I mean, considering that, I mean, the considering that most cities have a, a full count of maybe a hundred or a couple hundred in an entire year. It's unbelievable how many were killed. I, you know, that I don't know. There were at least a hundred and one people shot between Friday afternoon and uh, early today, and over half of that number were in the last 12 hours of the 4th of July.
0: Man, what that's a lot of people. Number. You know, that would explain why people jokingly call it Chirac.
2: Oh, my goodness. I No, I mean, I know that people have been, and I know that it's been increasing in recent yeah. years, but that is just staggering.
0: That's it a really, crazy really amount of people, 100 killed, it, uh, you so well, hundred shots. I am surprised I, now, in some ways now, and hear me out here before everyone goes, "Oh my God!" I am surprised that they have not put Chicago in a martial law yet, with how much violence is there. I well, really president was threatening with you. it. Yeah, you, you know, I I was just really surprised that they have not actually pulled the trigger, so to speak, and made them martial law state where you know this is until things get sorted out. This is the way it's going to be. Curfew, a little bit. And the,
2: and the Chicago police are releasing statements like, "We have to change the underlying cultures." Yeah, I think we've gone way past that. Okay, like that. It's just such a passive-sounding statement for really something is, that right, is yeah,
0: clearly yeah. out of control. It sounds more like a war zone stat than it does yes. a city stat. Agreed. You know that that's disturbing. That it sounds more like something you'd hear involved with a war zone. 100 killed yesterday during the battle. Yeah, this is more. This should not be happening in a, in, a, in a city, a, a, a once great city. And, and I know a lot of people love Chicago, and Chicago is a great city. I love it myself. I love the Natural History Museum. I love places in Chicago, but that doesn't stop the violence because it's it's mainly happening now. And I'm going to go out there. It seems to me, unless I'm completely wrong. Uh, the African-American community seems to be hardest hit by this violence in Chicago.
2: Yeah, it's and it's mostly on the south and west yeah, sides. I was going to say, um, south, like,
0: south side Chicago has notoriously always been. Uh, even when I used to go there as a young guy, to the, to I used to love blues music. And mm-hmm. I used to go see uh, Johnny Lang there, happened to be a friend of mine. He was from this area. and They used to call him Kid Johnny Lang. I don't know if you guys ever heard of him. But I of go course. see him and he'd go play at these clubs in South Side of Chicago, like the Blues Factory and stuff like that. Wow, it was it was a really, really touch and go place to be. Uh, you know, it was just the violence that you could hear gunshots outside while they're playing. It was really a surreal time. That's why I haven't never gone back to the south side of Chicago. It only takes a couple of gunshots to make you go, oh, wait a minute. You know, maybe this is not the place I should be. And it doesn't seem like it's gotten any better. In fact, it's, de- it's degraded even more in the 20 years since that time it went down there.
2: Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. And, and I think that a big, I mean, a, a big problem I think you because know, Cabrini Green was still in existence when I lived in Chicago and I know that once they shut down Cabrini Green a lot of those people had no place to go and there were I mean not that it was it was a housing project community for those that don't know and a lot of it just had to do with the poverty but there was a lot of, of violence in Cabrini and and a lot of uh, gang activity in Cabrini and and that just got dispersed and I think a lot of it got to the south side in the south side was always bad Joel like you were saying but uh I think with the addition to the people displaced from Cabrini it just
0: yeah yeah it it did get worse it really did and and it's uh really you know we talked to Adam Seltzer on the show and and he loves Chicago in fact he's a tour guide there and he even had to admit being someone that's lived their life long the, the city has changed and it's gotten way more violent than it ever even used to be. And it just seems like it's getting worse and worse. I don't believe that the city government can get a handle on it at this point. I think that that's, that statement of, well, we have to change the underlying problems, that's a bunch of BS. That That is, you know what, that would have worked 30 years ago. But you have gotten to a tipping point, Chicago, that you may not be able to get to that place again without... Basically, martial law and getting things under control.
2: Oh yeah, they're they're at an emergency. This is crisis point. A hundred people shot over a holiday weekend. Yeah, I mean that that is a crisis point. This isn't like thinking of how to change the culture. Yeah, that's when things are under
0: control.
2: That yeah, that type of statement doesn't work right now. That's when I people mean, are it, arguing about it's parks. It's like New York in the eighties, for God's sake.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's like you know they're not arguing about parks here. they people are getting mm-hmm. shot. You know, what I mean, it's 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 a true violent unrest.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't believe that. I, I, you know, I was looking at the headlines and I thought, well, that, you know, when they said 100 people shot, I thought, oh, to, I don't know why. But I thought to date, you know, this yeah. year. Oh,
0: no, 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 no. Um, let me Google that quick. Uh, we have time. Right. How many people were shot in 2016? In Chicago, and of course, it's right there in Google. I didn't even have to finish it. Oh really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, how it pops up with the options. Oh, you could go here and look at that. Uh, <clears throat> Chicago had more than eight murders a month in 2016.
4: Okay. Chicago
0: crosses the 2000 shooting victim this year. This is, of course, oh, 2016 stat. Wow, over 2,300 people were shot in Chicago in 2016. Um, as of this time, this is um, as of July 4th of last year, yeah, 2,300 people were shot in Chicago. Uh, uh, I but can't this even This is
1: 101
0: imagine. weekend. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, man. So I mean, imagine how many now did 2017. They don't have that stat out yet, mm-hmm. but I would imagine it's gonna be bigger. Um, well, and, and when you well, look at now it says wise, now it says in York, all. Oh, oh go ahead. I'm Sorry, in all of uh, 2016, there was 2,988 people killed by gun violence in Chicago.
2: That seems like an enormous
1: number.
0: That's bigger than my city population I'm sitting in.
2: And New York City last year? New York City. Okay, a, yeah. a huge... The metropolis. jungle. The no, concrete no, jungle. No. Yeah. First crime? 990. Jeez.
0: Oh, man. Well, I ain't going to Chicago on vacation, tell you that much.
3: I, I mean, It it's, does and, sound
1: pretty out of control. And, of course, you know what you're fighting. You're fighting the, the city... Pueblos um, yeah. do not want to give up any level of sovereignty, so that's why they downplay and oh, it's just a matter of this. We'll, well tweak exactly this what or we'll is. tweak that. Well, yeah, it sounds like it's yeah. really we'll, we'll pretty tweak rotten. it out there.
0: Yeah, we'll,
2: we'll tweak that. Yeah, no problem.
0: But getting away from the sad, sad story of Chicago, where do you want to go next, Clarissa?
2: Well, this next one is actually a public service announcement. Okay, <laughs> good. And like this those. and it applies to your state, Joel. So really it's perfect. Yeah, because if somebody is listening in your state, they will. Uh, okay, okay. So, it, it's suburban Minneapolis Police Department. All right. They have good news for a person that made a donation recently.
0: Really? What What did do they donate? In the, that, that that's making a difference. Or or what did they accidentally donate that maybe they shouldn't have, and they're getting it back?
2: Yeah, exactly. Right. So they donated some clothes, okay, which is cool. really nice to a Once that, Upon a Child store. That
0: is nice. That That's a good thing to do. Paying it forward.
2: Exactly, but apparently one of the clothing items also had 111 grams of marijuana in oh, it. Oh, holy crap.
0: <laughs> wow.
3: That's, That's a lot, lot of pot.
0: <laughs> That's hilarious. So somebody, <laughs> let me get it straight, some uh, mental giant here in my fair state of Minnesota decided that they were going to donate some children's clothes to <laughs> Once <laughs> Upon a Child and then, of course, they accidentally donated as well 111 grams of marijuana along with the clothes. Okay, then. Uh, now, the police, I would imagine, are trying to bring the two back together.
2: They are, and they put the, they, this is a great thing that they, they put out there on social media. They said, the police, if you accidentally donated 111 grams of marijuana along with your clothing earlier to a local store, Please come into the police department so we can reunite you. We <laughs> reunite. know you spent a lot of time dividing them into these perfectly <laughs> measured baggies and must be missing them.
0: Oh, reunited and feels so good. Yeah. <laughs> reunite. Why My was it in children's clothing? Exactly. That <laughs> of That's of number two question.
2: That is, I have no idea, honestly. I mean, who would think to look there? Did somebody, like, bag it all up all perfectly, and then they're like, hey, the in-laws are coming for dinner. (laughs) Yeah,
0: hide it. Hide Hide in the kids' clothes. They'll never look there. (laughs) In the donation box. (laughs) Yeah, right there. (laughs) I'll remember to pull that stuff out. Don't worry. Then it gets donated. Where'd it go? Oh, crap. Oh, oh, oh. That would be hilarious now if someone stepped forward. That was my Nobody
2: has yet. (laughs) I can't, I can't I imagine. Yeah,
0: I can't yeah. imagine why they wouldn't step forward. Maybe they're hanging out in Vatican City. <laughs> maybe they, Yeah, maybe they're seeking sanctuary there. Going, help us. Help us. They got the stash. Bizarre. Yeah, it yeah, is very bizarre. That. I love the pot in the kids' clothes uh, stories hey, that's when original. they come along that's original. every week. Every week. <laughs> that's right. But it didn't happen in Florida, so, you know. Well, I do
2: have a story from Florida. You do. Okay. You
1: don't. I do. week, Clarissa. You are rather glib with that, the yeah, in-laws I are heard coming that. Over <laughs> Line Is that something you've run into
4: before? <laughs> no, I
1: haven't.
3: Uh, She's just listening just to
1: the top into my head. Off the tongue, like banana <laughs> yogurt.
3: I I
0: know, listen to her. I do have a Florida one. <laughs> I like that. Okay. Okay. Whip it on us here. Tell us all about the Florida mayhem.
2: Okay, well, in Oskaloosa County, the sheriff's office, uh, they they got a uh, you know somebody came in to report that their iPhone was stolen. Okay, and, and yeah. iPhones are they're, they're freaking expensive. Yeah, they're like six hundred
0: bucks. Oh
2: my goodness. Yeah, they're that's they're not so, cheap. Okay, I, that's a lot. That's a lot of. Money. That is a
0: lot of. That's a lot of dough right there. It's a lot of money.
2: It is. So they had their their iPhone stolen, and they're what do I do? I want to get my iPhone back. And generally, when that happens, you do not get your phone back. Generally, not. The sheriff's office was thinking. They were thinking, and they thought, you know what? Let's call that phone and not just call that (laughs) phone. Let's make a FaceTime call to that phone. No way. Whoa. Good thinking. And the guy
0: picked up? Yes, he did.
2: (laughs) What? It snapped a picture, a face shot of the guy that answered, (laughs) and they found him. Hilarious. Wow.
0: Wow! And, and, Another and criminal him. mastermind. Yeah, that that was pretty.
3: <laughs> Professor Moriarty. Uh, yeah,
0: yeah, that was pretty smart right there. Yeah, let's go ahead and we'll answer this FaceTime. I don't know who it is. It's a stolen phone, but we'll find out.
2: Who does that? Like you're getting a FaceTime call on a phone that you stole.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, you know, you might you not want to do that.
2: Yeah. Well, he did, and and now he's been arrested, so now he has a different type of FaceTime picture, his mugshot.
0: Exactly, (laughs) exactly, and maybe he uses his Facebook pic. Yeah, oh, yeah. (laughs) So what's next? Where do we go next? Massachusetts. Okay. We don't hear much
3: out of Massachusetts. No, we do not. No,
1: typically cooler heads prevail. They do.
2: Well, and I don't know. You can judge. Maybe this is a cooler head. I mean, I'm kind of – I don't know about this story. Um. A Massachusetts judge denied a man's request. He's, he's going pro per. He's representing himself in sure, court. Sure, sure. Um, he denied a man's request to juggle
0: during <laughs> his trial. Juggle? Why would he deny? <laughs> yeah, a how would you request? even approach the judge for that? Your Honor, I'd like to now entertain the court with juggling while I talk well, about my own defense.
2: Well, first of all, why would you ask?
0: permission I, exactly, exactly just start juggling yeah well, I, i'd be saying <laughs> no. i'd be saying what kind of clown wants to do this
2: uh, well funny you should say that joel because if you, <laughs> the keystone to his defense is he's literally a clown no
0: really he's actually a clown and okay that now, is what he's saying why yes. would juggling now uh clear him of any charges
2: well that proves you're a clown Clearly. Well, it does.
0: It proves that you're a clown. But what? How does that help him with his charges?
2: Oh, okay. Well, he he did uh, apparently. He's accused. I should say he's accused of trying to rob a convenience store, but it was with a toy gun, and with he is saying gun? that it was just a misunderstanding. Well,
0: he was juggling toy guns. He, he that probably was. The problem. <laughs> Want to move to chainsaws next? Here I'm gonna start with the guns and then the chainsaws and then we'll stop with the fire. You know, yeah, 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 yeah. I could just imagine that. Watch this, honor. Look at me juggle. I couldn't so possibly. Why do did this. he? Why did he want to juggle?
2: Yeah, exactly. To prove that he's a clown, and that it was a misunderstanding. Oh, that, that, a that a the robbery
0: was rob the a okay. A, a robbery yeah. was a joke. Ha ha! Yes. I'm a clown. Got it now. Okay. Okay, that didn't sink in right away. That
2: and and by the way, if we could get off of criminal charges just by saying, "Ah, oh, that was just a joke." Yeah, was that's
0: right. a joke. Come on, relax. Yeah. Well,
2: note well, note to Mister Melendez. Well, that's Munch, not going Munchausen to Munchausen by proxy. Just a joke. <laughs> that's all that is. Yeah. Big joke. I wasn't relax. trying to
0: kill her. No. no, relax. You know you're taking this too seriously. Why so serious? No. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> the best clown ever <laughs> exactly exactly we got it we got time for a couple more if you'd like to i mean you know okay
2: well let's see uh i've got one more from florida
0: florida's always awesome
2: yes it is it is, it, it? It is a well so
0: good. that keeps giving the, that florida i it love does, you and your alligators it,
2: so this story says that most people hate their mugshots even more than the picture on their driver's license. But a Florida man found a wanted poster with his picture on it, pleasing enough to put on Facebook.
0: So this guy finds a wanted poster of himself, okay? And his mastermind decides, oh, I got a great idea. This would make a great Facebook picture. And he actually puts a wanted poster of himself up to let the world know, oh, yeah, indeed, I am running from the law what that that's insane there there's got to oh, be more to this
1: you remember you remember a few years ago that woman whose whose face or excuse me whose mugshot just it wasn't even that she was all that particularly attractive i mean she wasn't unattractive but for some reason that picture just kind of captured something and was alluring and man people paid for her Bail and they murdered.
0: Oh my god! Look at the guy.
1: Huge thing. Look, look up. Look up. Like pretty mugshot. Yeah, there was a
0: guy too that got a modeling gig. Pretty girl
2: mugshot. Something like that. Yeah,
0: there was that guy that got a modeling gig from his mugshot as well. Yeah, you
2: know what I heard about him. That and he did. He actually has a modeling career now, but he had some trouble because since he is a felon, um, I I guess he got shut out of um, a show that was overseas because they wouldn't let him into the country well, because yeah, of his record.
0: Yeah, a lot of places. Most countries won't let felons in.
2: So he's you know his his modeling career has been stalled. Well, I bit, would I've imagine.
0: Heard. I would imagine the old criminal history can bit him. Yeah. Yep. happen every time.
2: Yep. So this Florida guy, I mean, yep. I'm, looking at, I'm looking at his wanted poster. And, I mean, the picture's not bad. No, he's I smiling.
0: Guess. He's smiling. And, uh, you know, he's got a bit of a, you know, he's, he's definitely looks old for 41, if you ask me. He does look old for and, 40. And, Nice blue eyes, but, you yeah, know,
2: he's looking yeah, a little yeah, older. He's looking a little,
0: little haggard, and, and he's, uh, you know, five foot six, which is a short little dude. You know. Oh, he's only 5'6". Yeah, he's just a little short guy. He's just bun-sized. That's all he is? He's a fun-sized <laughs> criminal, and and he decided that I got a great idea since I'm so fun-sized and all. I'm gonna show people how tough I am. I'm gonna put my. You want to hear water something there. interesting I
1: about do. fun size? <laughs> I do. I yeah. I was I was reviewing here. I found the the pretty girl mugshot I was looking for. Um the, the uh there she is. But there's actually a number on here who are classified as. Pretty girl mugshot. Anyway, I was reviewing. I'm trying to remember why this was, but I was looking at a very long list of mafioso or presumed mafia affiliates from Las Vegas in the 50s. Okay, so kind of the original wave sure. or near the original wave of mafioso you know, running the town yep. in the 50s. Every single one of them, and I'm not kidding. This was at least two, three dozen names that I saw and descriptions. Every one of them was five seven or shorter. <laughs>
0: They're just little guys. They're little. Fellers. They were Italian.
1: They were Italians wow. who came from the East Coast yeah. to. Uh,
0: but you know, Eric, you're like Vegas, you're like six century. You're like six foot ten, right? No, no, I'm <laughs> six one. <laughs>
1: I'm, I'm not particularly tall. Oh, uh, You got me remember, by, by an remember, inch. I am the low end
0: of the tall scale. I'm the bottom <laughs> of the tall. I'm yeah. the smallest. Yeah, of yeah, the yeah. Tall. You got me by about an inch.
2: I was gonna say, I think you're tall. I met
0: you in person. But you're tall. I'm the smallest on of the, tall the tall scale. Yeah, and I'm smack dab on the average scale at six foot. No, you're above. No, average. I, uh, it's actually shrunk. Really? It's like
2: five ten. I think five about nine, five, five ten.
0: ten. Yeah. Really. Five, ten. Wow! Yeah. So I'm above average in something for once in my life.
1: Are absolutely above average. And yes. For women, I think it's what 5'4", maybe. My
0: wife I... is five foot even. Really? Oh yeah. No, I'm ver- I'm very short. tall
2: for a woman. I'm definitely on. The... Yeah, I'm a five seven. So. Well,
0: yeah, you'd be. Oh, you look taller than that. you'd be a giant compared to my wife. Like I said, she's five foot even. But man, you were wearing Yeah, you make. I was. Her, I, make was I was. Mad. I was wearing boots.
2: I was wearing heels in heels. I'm like five, nine. I usually wow. I can look most honestly wearing heels. I can usually look most guys straight in the eye. So ah, Eric, you were still calling gotcha. me.
0: Gotcha. So so you wear the heels now to see so you're on the same level with the guys. Am I correct when you're working? So there's no, you know, looking down on you.
2: Um, no, first of all, they're most of the time sitting and second, you always wear shoes in prison that you can run in.
0: Gotcha. See, you know, I was, (laughs) I was reading something about women in heels recently (laughs) that that is why a lot of women, professional women prefer heels was so their male counterparts rather cannot look down on them.
2: Oh, I, I kind of like it when a guy is taller to give him the illusion that he's more powerful.
0: Ah, yes, illusion is everything, isn't it?
2: Yeah, you know. You know, just, you you want to look down a little bit. That's just, okay. Just
0: but. just an illusion, because I bet you, Clarissa, if you had, to, you could throw down with the best of them.
2: <laughs> I am serious about the running shoes, though. That's actually a a rule that you have to wear Nikes. closed-toed shoes, closed-heeled <laughs> shoes. So you know, like open-back shoes. And you have to, supposedly, it, it says in the, the DOM, the, the, the rules, that it has to be a shoe that you could run in if needed. Could
0: you imagine going to a prison that says, brought to you by Nike? <laughs> <laughs> that
3: would be awesome. All right,
1: I've done my research. The one I was thinking of, all right, so look this up. She pops up right away. She was called, the meme, she became a huge meme sure. just all over the place. Attractive convict. Oh. <laughs> really? Google attractive. I am right now. You, oh, you will yeah. see the woman I'm talking about. Did uh, you remember seeing her everywhere?
2: I do. <sighs> yep. Yeah, she is good looking. Ah. Well, in the in that
1: picture especially. Yeah. Well, you yeah. Know. It's, a, it's a nice picture. Yes. For and some. She's right. like, oh she's yeah, that's her.
0: Yeah. She she yes. uh she actually was a good looking gal. I'm, I'm presuming still is. But yes, yeah, she was. Um. All over the place in memes. She was labeled the attractive cunt. She was. She'll steal your heart before she steals your money. Look at all (laughs) these
1: dopey memes. Guilty of taking
0: my breath away.
1: (laughs) Arrested for breaking and entering your heart.
0: Oh, God. This is the worst one ever, though. Every guy in her cell block is a hardened criminal.
1: Oh. (laughs) 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 That's
0: the worst one I saw.
1: Ay, ay, ay. Okay. Well anyway, there there you go. Attractive convict. See, I am I my m y
0: my brain often heads off into strange dark corners. Uh, you know. Yeah mine does as well, but that's when I find the cobwebs. Oh, I haven't been here in a while. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, yeah, that brings
1: us to the top of the hour. Yeah,
0: we are just about ready to bring Erin Lee Carr in, of course. She is the uh, maker of the documentary film, Mommy Dearest. And that will be the top of the hour. But before we go, we have to mention again that this was brought to you by TheCriminalCode.com. And I really mean it, guys. If you have a big interest in, in true crime or serial killers, really anything. And, of course, Clarissa does take requests upon... Asking if there is somebody that you would like profiled on the website, should be more than happy to do that. But again, that's the criminalcode.com. You will learn a whole lot quicker than you realize, and you're over there as well. A little bit about yourself, maybe even. Maybe you have a dark fascination with the macabre. <laughs> All right, we'll be right back, right after the Fox News. Don't go anywhere. But right back with Aaron Carr. See you after
3: the break. <laughs>
4: A warning to North Korea and China. I'm Chris Foster, Fox News. It comes from United Nations Ambassador Nikki Haley at an emergency meeting about North Korea's latest missile test. Fox's Grinnell, Scott's live in New York.
0: Chris, Ambassador Haley told U.N. Security Council members that North Korea's launch needs a decisive response.
3: Time is short. Action is required.
0: Haley says North Korea makes the world a more dangerous place and cited its treatment of Otto Warmbier, who was held captive and returned to the U.S. in a coma before his death, as an example of its true nature. Haley says a strong U.N. response must not target just North Korea.
3: We will look at any country that chooses
2: to do business. With this outlaw regime.
0: Haley says that includes China, which openly trades with North Korea, Chris.
4: Well, thanks. President Trump's about to land in Poland on his second foreign trip in office. Live in Warsaw, here's Fox's Simon Owen. Chris, when President Trump slammed NATO members earlier this year for not spending enough on defence, one of the few countries he wasn't pointing the finger at was Poland. This country next door to Russia and concerned about Russian aggression is one of only five NATO members meeting a target to spend 2% of GDP on defence. Poland's government is roughly on the same wavelength as the president. It's more conservative than many European administrations. The president likely to receive a warm welcome. Chris? So. And live in Warsaw, Poland. Thanks. If you count up until this morning, more than hundred people were shot over the long holiday weekend in Chicago. Police carried out a series of gang raids. Chicago police did it by selecting their targets primarily on the east and west sides of the city. All told, cops made fifty-eight arrests, confiscated seven guns, and turned up five hundred grams of heroin and crack cocaine. The vast majority of those swept up in the raids are being hit with felonies. Dakari Turner, Fox News. Fair and balanced. Council at the closing bell on Wall Street, the Dow pretty much flat, down uh, about a point. The S and P up three today. The Nasdaq up forty. True Religion Apparel files for bankruptcy. The company's jeans were more popular about a decade ago. Some firefighters are racing from one wildfire to another as more and more pop up throughout the west. The
3: southwest, mainly Arizona, is the most active area for fires right now, and the nation's number one firefighting priority is called the Borough Fire. It's east of Tucson. Homes are threatened there. Robin Broyles with the National Interagency Fire Center says they expect monsoons to head to the area by early next week. We expect to have some significant wetting rain in the southwest, but as those systems dry out, as it moves across the west, we are probably going to be experiencing some some dry lightning with those new fires popped up in colorado as well as nevada parts of the great basin area including nevada idaho and utah are seeing extreme heat for the rest of the week jessica rosenthal fox news
4: happy birthday to the world's most famous meat in a can if you think spam is just junk email you're missing out. You know what I'm Ham, you say spam. There have been commercials
0: for decades for the meat in a can, but this is Spam's most memorable moment. The Monty Python skit featuring Spam, the meat that became famous helping feed soldiers in World War II. It's now 80 years old, introduced July 5th, 1937. I don't like spam. But many do. More than 7 billion cans sold.
4: I love your spam. I love it.
0: He should go to Hawaii, where per person they consume the most spam in the
4: U.S. They even have an annual Spam Jam Festival. Dave Anthony, Fox News. Venus Williams makes it into the third round of the Wimbledon Tennis Tournament in England. So is the defending men's champ, Andy Murray. Two-time champ, Petra Kvitova, is knocked out, though. She's working her way back from being cut by an intruder at her home last year. I'm Chris Foster, Fox News Radio.
0: After Hours AM, everybody, I'm your host, Joel just right along with me, Eric Olson and Dr. Clarissa Cole, better known as the three amigos of true crime. Now, Eric, we have a heck of a show tonight, not only a great show, but a thought provoking show and those I always love when it does both entertains and informs all at the same time. And so why don't you go ahead and introduce our guest tonight, and uh, we'll learn more about, well, Munchausen's. And, of course, Dr. Cole, she will be invaluable during that discussion because she can really go deep on that and explain you know why? Even more.
1: You Because she knows stuff. She
0: does. She is the <laughs> smartest forensic psychologist I've ever met. Well, I mean, might be the only one I've ever met, but she is <laughs> the smartest one I've ever met, and she is definitely an asset to the show. So without any further ado, Mr. Olson.
1: All right. In Mommy Dead and Dearest, provocative documentarian Aaron Lee Carr explores an intimate crime in the age of social media. Things are not always as they appear, especially in the case of Dee Dee and Gypsy Rose. And what starts out as a grisly tale of matricide morphs into a rabbit hole of deception. Child abuse, mental illness, and forbidden love converge in this mystery of a mother and daughter who were thought to be living a fairy tale life that turned out to be a living nightmare, featuring exclusive access to gypsy from prison and a trove of police interrogation tapes, medical records, and secret conversations. Mommy Dead and Dearest is a disturbing first-hand look at a life arrested and the consequences of trying to keep someone young forever. It also explores one of psychology's most controversial conditions, Munchausen. I love that name, by... Proxy Syndrome. Aaron Lee Carr is a New York-based director, producer, and writer whose nearest film we just discussed, Mommy, Dead and Dearest, had its world premiere at South by Southwest and Hot Docs in 2017, and it aired on HBO May 15, 2017. The film ignited a discussion on Twitter and was received well by critics and audiences alike. Her debut film, Thought Crimes, The Case of a Cannibal Cop, premiered at the Tribeca Film Festival and Hot Docs Film Festival in 2015 and aired on HBO that very May. Variety named Aaron, one of the 10 documentarians to watch as far back as 2015. Neil Genslinger of the New York Times called thought crimes absorbing And a primer for the century ahead Dubbed the cannibal cop, former New York police officer Gilberto Valle was convicted of conspiring to kidnap and eat women Darn it, I hate it when they do that In March 2013, before working with HBO Erin hailed from the video team at Vice, specifically Motherboard Where her content was amassed has amassed over 25 million views worldwide. One of her short films for Vice, Click, Print, Gun," won a Webby in 2013 and gained 7 million views in its first week online. Welcome to the program, Erin Lee Carr.
5: Amazing. Thank you so much for having me. That bio sounds a lot cooler than I actually am.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Ah, poo-poo, perish the thought. Your coolness exudes. I feel it's coming through the microphone. Ah, my lips are freezing.
0: Excellent. Well, Aaron, uh, first I want to say a wonderful job on the documentary and uh, the way it was presented. was very informative and it was disturbing all at the same time, but it wasn't like, it was a disturbing to make you think. It w- It was more about, wow, does this actually exist in this world? And indeed it does. And that, in a lot of ways, is the scariest thing of all. Right. You know, beyond the one case that we're talking about, there must be thousands upon thousands of people inflicted with Munchausen's by proxy, which Dr. Cole will give us a complete rundown here in a minute. Um, but I can only imagine gearing up to do this documentary and looking into this disorder. Were you shocked at how, how common it can be?
5: Yeah. I mean, I, you know, my first introduction to Munchhausen by proxy was the sixth sense M. Night Shyamalan's film you know yep. you have that like uh, uh, Misha Barton character and you there's that iconic her sort of under the bed and she's been poisoned and so I had never I hadn't really thought about it since and so when I started looking into this case and it was you know inferred that there was a potential disorder the fatigue ficticti- f- excuse me uh, fictitious disorder Munchal and by proxy, I just like, I could not stop thinking about it, researching it. Um, But, you know, it also was a lot and super, super heavy to sort of contend with.
0: I I could only imagine. And and Clarissa, you know, uh, of course, we'd love to hear your thoughts on the disorder and and who it really affects.
2: Uh, Typically, um, Munchausen's is seen uh, more typically in women than in men. Um, but I, you know, I think that part of that might be due to the fact that women are, are more, more typically the caregivers, um, of, of the children. So I don't know if, you know, more men staying home and taking care of the, of the kids, if that is going to change over time, but, uh, Munchausen by proxy. So Munchausen's is actually, so there's two versions. There's Munchausen's and Munchausen's syndrome by proxy. Munchausen's syndrome is actually, um, where you make yourself, sick.
0: Is that what we used to uh, call a hypochondriac
2: in? Well, no, actually. Oh, okay. And the, here's the difference. So a hypochondriac is somebody that, it, you know, always believes they're sick. You know, that's a joke. You're like, what are you a hypochondriac? Yeah. A hypochondriac actually believes that they are sick. Okay. They, they believe they have cancer every time they get a headache. You know what I mean? Sure. But Munchausen syndrome, they know they're not sick. Still, are playing a they game. They feign being sick. They'll give themselves poison to make themselves sick, because with Munchausens, like a they they want the second. It's called a secondary gain of the sympathy. So yeah. they want the sympathy from people. They want the support from people. Now that so that's regular Munchausens, but Munchausen syndrome by proxy is where you have either a child or an elder, uh, um, like an elder uh, parent that maybe is dependent on you. And you make them sick purposely to mm-hmm. get sympathy from others.
1: Mm-hmm. Wow. And so, that
2: is what uh, Dee Dee had, the, the mother, in this uh, amazing documentary uh, about uh, Gypsy. Um, she uh, had Munchausen's by proxy, and she was making, she, making Gypsy sick over a very long period of time. Yeah. What kind of mind thinks like that
1: and gains sees gain
2: from that? it's it is a very particular type of disorder it is not that overly common um i do think that there are a lot of commonalities with borderline personality disorder because both are sort of uh there's a lot of manipulation involved in both disorders there's a lot of secondary gain sought Mm -hmm. in both disorders i think that there's a lot of overlap i think that munchausen syndrome by proxy they also might qualify for borderline personality disorder and that's basically all attention is good attention. Even when things are going drastically wrong, just attention, gotcha. attention, attention. I need to be the center of everything, even if that is incredibly negative.
0: Okay. Okay. Negative or positive, I don't care. It's all attention, all the same. Kind of exactly. thing. Okay. Now, okay but really, that makes sense in a weird kind of way. I don't no, know. No, it does. It, it does. I don't know why I was able to wrap my mind around that. Now, uh, Aaron, tell us about Dee What kind of individual was this? Well, I mean, you know, you, 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 I suppose when you're doing this, you kind of. Felt like you knew her,
5: right? So it's 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 hard to make a documentary uh, when one of the main characters has been murdered. Uh, you know, you want to be really careful about how you portray them because they're not here to speak for themselves. And so, uh, my co-producer Allison and I, we were very thoughtful, and uh, you know, we really researched who Dee Dee was. Uh, Dee Dee grew up in Lafourche Parish in Louisiana. Uh, And she was, you know, she was good, you know, she was good pals with her dad. She was a somewhat unremarkable um, girl. She got okay grades, you know, but she always had sort of a Mm -hmm. penchant for mischief. And you know I, you know she would later end up being uh, becoming a nurse that's a hallmark occupation mm-hmm. of someone who participates in Munchausen by proxy um, but then this you know this petty crime started to happen. She would forge bad checks she would steal the car from her mom or dad uh, you know she, she wanted to get over on people it was always this thing of like what she can get mm-hmm. um, she had a very unusual palate these are all things I wasn't like enabled to i wasn't able to include but she loved mashed potatoes one of the only things she liked to eat was mashed potatoes with butter on it she just was this really strange weird girl and she met a guy named rod blanchard who um you know he worked on an oil rig he was really he is really handsome and she said you know that's the kind of guy i want and she soon became uh became pregnant um, and she gave birth to her daughter, Gypsy Rose. Uh, Rod was no longer in the picture at this point. Uh, the The marriage was a very short one. And, you know, she just realized, uh, you know, that I think, you know, I, I think I want something from this. And we yeah. saw from birth that Gypsy w- made, you know, just countless, countless, countless trips to the hospital. And it just sort of devolved from there.
0: Now, Gypsy Rose, she was born, of course, Gypsy Rose Blanchard, what we're talking about, uh, and she was born to Dee Dee. Did she almost immediately try to make her ill, like almost from birth, or was this something, a light bulb that went on, in your opinion, of course, a light bulb that went on over her head going, wait a minute now. If I play a sick card, we can get a whole lot of stuff.
5: That's such a great question um you know I I'm not sure uh, I know that she liked to be the center of attention yeah. you know uh, Clarissa talked about this like this potential being borderline I think that you know we uh, she was not diagnosed but that feels very real to me given mm-hmm. what I know about the case she wanted to be in beauty pageants so here was this little girl she didn't have a dad it almost made for the perfect story for people to give mm-hmm. her things yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, I no. was
0: going to say that, and, and that, and that, that uh, uh, attention thing is absolutely correct because people will go, "Oh, look at that Dee Look how strong she is! Look, look at her! Right. T- you know, taking care of Gypsy Rose and being so strong and being there for her." And that would be the kind of attention I would assume somebody with that disorder be after would be that validation of how great she is,
2: right? Well, yeah, you see uh, cases. Um, another kind of famous case of Munchausen's is uh, the nurse Janine Jones, who, uh, you know, was was infamous for killing. She was also a nurse and, and ended up murdering a fair number of children at a, a children's hospital pediatric ward. But what she was really looking for was that admiration of, yeah. you know, my gosh, she can do it all. I mean, her, her goal was actually to resuscitate these kids, but it, it just didn't always work.
5: I something that I looked at for a long time was uh, the salt mom case. Are you guys familiar with that?
0: You know, I am not. She was putting
5: salt in the feeding tube. uh, Yes, I
0: I would love to hear that case. What that is?
5: Yeah, it was Lacey Spears, um, and she was convicted, but allegedly she was poisoning her son uh, to death. His name is uh, Garnett uh, by slowly increasing uh, salt in his feeding tube. Uh, You know, I think that for me, it seems like these are these are rare cases, but people who get involved, people who are involved in Munchausen by proxy, you know, the the subject or the victim doesn't live. So Mm -hmm. we don't know about these things. The fact that Gypsy Rose Blanchard is alive today, um, you know, that is part of the, you know, the craziness of the story. It could have happened. It could have ended very well with her, you know, with her mom murdering her.
0: That's where it was headed. Well, exactly. Now, now here's the thing, though, is when Gypsy Rose was being manipulated by Dee, Dee to play sick, and, and indeed she was, and we'll get to that later on, play sick, they were given a house by Habitat for Humanity, trips to Disneyland. There were a lot of things because of Gypsy's alleged illnesses that she got monetarily that Quite honestly she was a scammer like we kind of alluded to earlier at heart. I mean it was just another scam. That's the way I looked at it anyway.
5: Totally. Um you know I think it I think it started off when they were uh they were displaced because of Hurricane Katrina, Gypsy and Dee, and they were given a they were given basically they could stay in a like a hotel, uh, basically, you know, that was trying to help victims of Hurricane Katrina. And I think a light bulb went off above mm-hmm. Dee Dee's head, and she was like, "Wait a second, yeah, yeah. I can, Cha-ching. I can turn this into something." Well,
0: my question to you though is, how the heck did she fool all these medical professionals? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I mean... You would have thought there would have been checks and balances in place for this very disorder to look out for it.
2: Man, yeah, I, I, love- can't get, I can't get antibiotics for a sinus infection in the winter, I swear. Yeah. I, <laughs> it's true. I don't know how these people do it. Like I, You did mention that one doctor in the documentary, though, that, that did think it was Munchausen's. Yeah?
5: Yes, definitely. Um, so, the question is, you know, how did she fool the doctors? Anytime yeah. we've ever shown the film, anytime uh, people have asked me about the film, this is the huge question. Why on earth did doctors believe yeah. Dee Dee? Um, and for me, you know, as far as I could find out, basically, doctors, uh, especially in pediatric units, they have to believe what patients are telling them. Um, they're trying to figure something out. And the the huge thing here is that. Didi was giving Gypsy medication that supported some of the symptoms that she was reporting. There was a stolen medical pad underneath their bed. They shared a bed. Um, and it seems like she was getting medications and then, you know, basically feeding them, force feeding them to Gypsy to, you know, to when they got <sighs> to the doctors. So she sick. was she was drowsy. Yeah. She was salivating. She could barely talk. I mean, it's it's. It's totally unthinkable.
0: Now, what diagnoses was Gypsy, you know, uh, what, what, what was she given for diagnoses? Because quite honestly, as you'll learn later on, these diagnoses were not what they all seemed to be and were, weren't even real. But for the time being, what was she screaming at the top of the ropes to, you know, to tell everybody, to make these doctors believe that she had these very serious diseases?
5: You know, I think it all started off with that uh, Dee, Dee told doctors that she was a leukemia survivor, uh, that, you know, she'd been through a lot of, you know, she'd had a lot of medication, they needed to be careful. Uh, a big one was that she had epilepsy. She was given uh, the drug Tegretol. Uh, Gypsy was given the drug Tegretol, which made her teeth fall out. And a lot of the medications, it just was, you know, a snowball effect. It yeah. affected her in different ways uh and you know the huge claim was that she had muscular dystrophy that she couldn't walk that she was wheelchair bound uh and then we talked to a dr uh bernard flasterstein in the film you see uh and he says you know i was i was you know looking at her i was surveying what was going on and for somebody who had muscular dystrophy there would be almost no muscle uh in -hmm. her legs and through the mri it was like you know her muscle mass is fine; it's normal. So yeah. he had a big suspicion that, you know, she could walk. Um, he wrote it in a paper. Uh, he wrote in his notes. He sent it to her, her general practitioner, and said, "I think that there's this is a potential case of Munchausen by proxy." Uh, you know, nothing was done with that with that memo.
0: Did she run away from doctors if the if they did kind of get clue to what she's doing? Did Didi you know, run away?
5: Didi Didi was you know Didi trained her. Dee, Dee said, you know, doctors were a part of her huge scam. Uh, that's how they got medical airlifts. That's how they got Disney World. That's how they, yeah. they met the cast of Harry Potter. You know, something that I have not done, uh, <laughs> you know, and she just said, when you're at the doctors, you sit still. You don't do not move your legs. Um, do not talk. Uh, try not to listen to boring stuff, not for babies, and if you're good, I'll buy you a toy. It was uh-huh. just this really infantile sort yeah. of reward system. Yeah.
0: Well, I do notice now in every clip that you show where there's Dee Dee and uh, Gypsy Rose, she's holding Gypsy Rose's hand pretty much every clip. Is that to kind of lead her in conversation?
5: Yeah, I, I think that was something that we noticed. That, you know, there was always this watchful, watchful gaze that Dee Dee was staring at with Gypsy. Um, Yeah, I think it was a tactic. Every time they were in front of the news, every time they were in front of a doctor, uh, Dee Dee would be holding Gypsy's hand. And if something bad happened, or if Gypsy said something, she would squeeze it and tell her to shut up. Uh, you know, it, it's 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 you can't make this stuff up.
0: No, if it no, were not can't. in a
5: documentary, you'd say that plot is a little crazy. Yeah. I mean, come on. I'd say,
0: Aaron, man, I love your work. But that part of it. <laughs> come on now. But you're right. It was a it was documented. It was real. It's collaborated. Everybody right. said the same thing. She would always hold her hand. But when it's your
2: when it's your like when when someone has Munchausen's and even when somebody has borderline, uh, one of the, the primary foci of that is that they don't have their own identity in a way. Like, so with Munchausen, Munchausen's by proxy, like, I'm sure that over 20, what, 20 years, wow, she becomes that's... so invested in this idea yeah. that Gypsy is, is not only sick, but she's a child that can't function on her own. That becomes Dee Dee's identity. I mean, what identity did Dee Dee have other than Gypsy? You know, you know you, she, you...
5: she really didn't. She, you know, she did She never dated again post oh. Rod Blanchard. Um, she didn't really work. Uh, she you know she claimed to be religious they did not belong to a church uh, her whole life was creating and perpetuating this ruse uh, and it, you know it took a lot to keep up
0: yeah I was gonna say how did she not slip up in 20 years I mean you know, it's <laughs> a big ruse to keep up we're not talking about something small here we're talking about this is a way of life she should win an Oscar if she isn't if this is an actress she would have won an Oscar well, oh, man, talk about the commitment to a role—twenty years.
5: It's very Kathy Bates in Misery. Oh, well, I swear. that's what I, swear I thought. She got. She took some notes when she was watching that movie.
0: When I was, wa- I'm glad you brought that up because I was watching a documentary. I was thinking, I wonder if she did the block and the sledgehammer. This poor girl to keep her from walking. <laughs> you know, Kathy oh, man. Bates. I well, really that was did. probably
2: next. You, she you decided know? to walk. I mean,
0: yeah, yeah. I was thinking, wow, this reminds me of Misery. It really does. You know, the, the caregiver that wants to keep the person down. That yeah. whole thing. And of course, now, this is something that was in the documentary and it actually shocked me in reading the reports on this. Her own family, allegedly, I'm not sure if this is true or not, flushed Didi's Dee ashes down the toilet. Is that factual or, or was that just something that they were joking about, that they despised her that much?
5: Uh, you know, I was sitting there in that, in that blue room and at first, the parents didn't, you know, the parents didn't want to talk to us. And it was Christy and Rod, uh, that's uh, Gypsy's stepmom and yeah. Gypsy's dad, who said, you know, we trust these people. We've been working uh, with these people. You know, will you consider talking to them? And then, flash forward, I'm sitting in that room. I have to fly out in a couple hours with all my gear, and they're just like. Yeah, and then we said we had to flush her ashes down the toilet. I'm not going to do that accent. I tried. It was terrible. Um, I was literally, I, I had no idea what to react. I, 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 should I laugh? Should I, should I cry? Like, I literally, they were laughing, but I didn't know if it was appropriate for me Whoa. to laugh. So I was like, you know, where are the ashes? And they're just like, you know, they're gone.
0: Well, uh, like, oh, to be God. honest with you, uh, I, I had to rewind that a couple times to make sure I heard that correctly out of their mouths. But, uh, man, Eric, you know, what do you think, man? I mean, uh, you, you've been around. I, you've seen some strange things. What do you think? I've been around. I've seen some strange <laughs> things. I, uh,
1: I think this woman uh, was, like you just said, Joel, number one, a remarkable actress. Mm-hmm. She probably, on some level, was able to also fool herself. So I I do think that she was, uh, you know, a, a, a liar on on that level. The best liars, the best actresses, actors, actresses are able to convince themselves and actually literally are playing a role. I think at some point maybe she ceased to be an actual functioning human being with an actual life and a place in this world. And became kind of like a a self-parody, became a caricature, became a persona rather than a person. And everything was based on this child and keeping this child as young as possible, as feeble as possible. And uh, pretty classic as far as uh, the syndrome. She was then able to bask in the light of this poor little girl, sweet little girl, who the public loved, and she was the doting, loving mother. And I I imagine at some point she decided, this is the best my life can be. This is the best I'm going to get out of it. I'm not sure how, other than the fact that everyone says how evil she was, after the fact anyway, that it never occurred to her, okay, I'm getting all this out of this, but I am literally killing or in the process of killing my child this person who supposedly i care so much about and the world cares so much about i don't know what she would have done after killing off the child would she have been able to continue to bask in the light certainly not if she'd been found out um, maybe push was starting to come to shove and that was a subtext of um, of why Gypsy took action when she did. Yeah. So those are my initial thoughts. It's so bizarre. You know, it's so strange. Everyone, you can see it. I mean, just human nature, everyone has a little bit of this tendency in them where they enjoy being thought of as this great caregiver. I mean, everyone does. Of course they do. You know, yeah. um, you're, you're a wonderful Some parent. more than others. Yeah, exactly, yeah, I was going to say, you know. And and, this is so far, you know, into this area where nothing else in life matters anymore. So very disturbing. Um, Anyone out there, if you have if you suspect uh, a case like this, you know, don't jump to conclusions, but don't keep your mouth shut either. Let people know this is something that needs to come to light, because even if it's rare, the fact that it exists at all is so disturbing and so unfair to the children, you know, we get, we got to try help and the children
2: as and as, not just not just that, not just regular people, but if you are a, a care provider in some way, like if you are a doctor. I am a doctor. Um, you know, the, we're also worried these days about HIPAA. At least most yeah. doctors are. I mean, that's isn't that like the first thing they give you when you walk into do. a doctor's office now? Is the HIPAA disclosure form? We're also worried about that. But when a child's safety and well-being is on the line. If you suspect that that's the yeah. case, make a report to child services exactly. and I will the number. your duty.
0: Yeah. And, and this is a national number, folks. If you do suspect somebody is abusing their child or is Munchausen syndrome, 1-800-422-4453. Again, 1-800-422-4453. That is a national hotline for child abuse. If you believe that someone is abusing their child, call that number I'd rather you call the number and find out they're not being abused than Mm -hmm. worry about being, you know, that person that didn't call. You know, I don't want to get their business. Don't be that way. Call. Because you truly, we always call. We are truly, we are all truly the children's voice. So keep that in mind if you do see it or, or witness it definitely give that number a call. We gotta run to break, everyone. Bomb the hour. Man, this hour is just flying by. We come back. We're gonna talk a little bit more, of course, or a lot more about this movie with Aaron Lee Carr. And we're gonna find out exactly who Gypsy Rose was. Was she exactly sick? Who was she? And what did she do? Be right back right after this.
4: Something to do with your time. To do with your peace of mind, something to do alone. Nothing to do, with, so won't you pick up the phone? You turn me on, you turn me, on, you turn me
3: on,
0: Hey, you're listening After Hours AM, and if you're listening to us via podcast, make sure you like us, follow us, review us, tell your friends about us, tell grandma about us, and keep listening.
4: Hi, Tom Bodette. If pop culture is to be believed, roughly 40% of all people are actually vampires, or dating one. Well, undead or not, you can always save on a clean, comfortable room at Motel 6, even if you sleep during the day because direct sunlight turns you into a pile of sparkly coffee grounds. Speaking of which, we have free coffee every morning. You day sleepers may want to go for the decaf. I'm Tom Bodette, and we'll leave the light on for you. Book online at motel6.com. Anavar Media LCC is a dedicated team of professionals
0: committed to helping business development, scale, and protect their websites. Mobile applications, enterprise software solutions in the Northeast Ohio area, locally owned since 2012. Our client-centered values truly sense Anavar apart. Contact us today to learn how you can get 25% off your first project. Call them at 234-380-4852. Again, that's 234-380-4852. Or visit them at www.anavar.com. Again, that's www.anavar.com.
3: This is Jen McGowan, founder of Wayward Souls Promotions, a company dedicated to helping individuals, teams, radio shows, and others that are seeking exposure for the individual events, conventions, and shows. We offer a wide variety of advertising, such as web-based article, social media posts, podcast advertisement, and so on. Contact us at paranormalpromotion at gmail.com. Visit us on Facebook at Wayward Souls Promotions and visit our website at www.waywardsoulspromotions.com.
0: You're listening to After Hours AM. Do you have a question for the guests or even the host? That's really easy. Go ahead and email those questions to afterhoursam at gmail.com. Are you feeling like picking up the phone and being part of the show? Call us at 612-326-6874. 612-326-6874. Come be part of the madness. welcome back to after hours am everybody i'm your host jolster just right along with me eric olson and dr clarissa cole and we are better known as the three amigos of true crime and tonight we're talking with director of mommy dead and dearest Aaron lee carr when we left off we were kind of investigating who Dee, Dee was gypsy rose's mother and of course as we found out Dee. Dee uh, suffered from Munchausen's by proxy that she again projected upon Gypsy. Now, Gypsy was not exactly everything she was cracked up to be either, was she, Erin?
5: You know, no. Gypsy is a lot of things, but a a simple sort of damsel in distress is not one of them. Uh, the film paints her in. You know, it has it has its complications who she is, uh why she did what she had to do and you know how sort how do we as an audience feel about her. Um you know I do believe that she is a survivor.
0: Yeah, I I, I, agree. Mean, I, I agree with you. I, I I do, but she's also now a convicted murderer or at least accessory yes. to. Mm-hmm. But and, wouldn't you?
2: Uh, First I want to say film, no,
0: I was already saying yes. I'm sorry. I I, I, I want I want to say I yeah, I, I, you got me there. I mean, did I Thank feel you. that she had some right to exact revenge upon Dee? Yes, I did. After was being, there any way out? Go ahead, Joel. After being subjected yeah. to that. And yes, Eric, great valid point. Why not just run was away? Was there a way out?
2: What resources did she have? I mean, she was so infantilized, like just hearing her voice and how little girlish it sounded. I mean... I, This is, you know, not a normal, certainly not a normal age, you know, like most of us at 18, 19, I think we would kind of know what to do, how to get out. This is
0: Aaron and Clarissa, man. First, Aaron, great film again, man. It really has us talking. So keep them coming. And we love your work and we can't wait to see what comes next. Oh, my gosh. I cannot wait to see what you bring out next. But that being said... That being said, wasn't Gypsy complicit to some some of this at some level? She knew, she knew that she wasn't ill. I mean, you know, wasn't she a little bit complicit? Come on.
5: So yeah, I mean, I, I totally understand your perspective, but we have to we have to rewind it and think about this and say, you know, not a single one amongst us, even I hope not, even your your viewer or listenership. You know, we don't know what it's like from infancy to be watched, to be looked at, to be told that you need to be in a wheelchair. Um, You know, she tried to run away. Uh, She was physically and emotionally abused after that. Yeah, try to walk away. Try to tell people what's happening to you. And, you know, you could be you could be murdered. So I think that it is really important that we don't sit in judgment and sort of, you know, uh, say that she's guilty. You know, she could have run away. I just I really don't believe that. I think that, you know, she tried to run away. She couldn't do it. Her mom had her rights taken away from her and assigned to herself. I mean, this was insane.
0: Mm-hmm. I, I, I would not think agree. you're oh go ahead Jill. Uh, I, no you go ahead absolutely No, I bet you you know the I'm just in awe right now I really am Aaron and you got me you got me and that that doesn't happen often and Amazing. uh really really I, really thought-provoking stuff the the next step
2: I mean like you know looking at Munchausen's and and the trajectory I mean I think that Gypsy had reached the age of physical certainly maturity and she was starting to act out Mentally and emotionally too. I, I mean my best guess is that Gypsy dying was the the logical next step and plus they have mm-hmm. to keep ramping up the Disorders, you know, they have to keep getting more ser- you know more and more serious as the child ages to get more and more sympathy so true, you know true. To, for gypsy to fear death I think is a very realistic Well,
0: okay uh, now we, we we pass forward a little bit and we we go to gypsy as a young adult and she meets a boy. Am I correct? Yes, you she meets I mean? a boy
5: Online. on a Christian dating site, okay.
0: Christian Dating for Free dot com. Wow, didn't <laughs> <though> existed. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I thought you had to pay to be a Christian. Yeah, dating. I would have thought for sure that would. I I thought for sure you'd have to pay for that. So she meets uh who would be who would have killed him or her rather would have killed that did kill Dee Dee Nicholas uh if, go I'm, to John there it is go to John, and now he had his own bag of issues so they say
5: (laughs) his own bag of issues yes Yes, i think that is the exact right way of putting that (laughs) (laughs) his
0: (laughs) own bag of crazy is what i want to say but i I want to be kind of sympathetic you know and that
2: there's no way like his parent i think it was his parents that came in and said that he was um asperger's that was sort of their explanation but then the more we got to see of this person there's no way that was the only issue there's right. just no way that yeah. that is not consistent with asperger's
5: and we don't we don't ever i mean we we were very you know the editor andrew kaufman and i thought about is us putting in that that's what his parents thought he suffered from that's the reason are we saying that this is you know this is why he did it no mm-hmm. it's not nicholas go was a severely is a severely mentally ill Young man who, you know, basically made it through high school, but could not work. He spent all day online, you know, he could not hold a job. You know, he you see in the police interrogation tapes, which had never sort of been seen before, uh, you know, by a public by anyone in the public. You know he he is an he is a young man in nature. He he stopped growing at a certain point. You know, yeah. I I know that this is a really strange thing to say, but he is a victim in his own way. Like had he met somebody else on that site, I don't know if he would have murdered anyone. You know, yep. it's just there's so many tragic consequences yeah. as a result of DD's Dee actions. Uh, you know, he's in prison and is likely to remain in prison for the majority of his life. He's a, you know, his trial will be coming up soon. Uh, I, you know, I hope he does not get life. Uh, Gypsy certainly did not.
0: Yeah. No, he, no, he we'll get to that. Has some
2: violent ideation, though. Yeah, that,
0: vampirism that, at one point. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm a
2: violence risk person. That's all I do for a living. Um, his violence risk evaluation would not have gone well. I can say that. Uh, With with a fair amount of certainty, just based on what I saw. So I I do think that meeting Gypsy was kind of a a terrible thing to happen. But but do I think he never would have committed violence? I don't know about that. Uh, I only say that because of some of the very violent stuff he seemed to be drawn to just naturally. I mean, BDSM isn't supposed to be thought of as violent, but I think he probably did. And then talking about the rape fantasies about Dee Dee, that's. A little bit concerning.
0: That that was really twisted. That part of it, to me, and and, yes. and then For of course, too. and then of course he uh, talked about being a vampire at one point. Which hello, here's your bag of issues again. That's <laughs> one of them out of that treat bag. Yeah. And then of course uh, the Munchhaus or not the Munchhows, but the Asperger's, He really was again in some ways. I think you guys brought it up perfectly another victim of Dee Dee Blanchard at the end. Because had that not been happening, she never would have been on that website hooking up with someone with his own issues. But then she was now, according to what he was saying at some points, most points, that he wouldn't have killed Didi had it not been for Gypsy telling him to do so. Well, he wouldn't have known her, I would think. Yeah, but even, even when they said, would you have killed her if Gypsy wouldn't have told you to, he says, probably not clearly he
1: did it for her. Um, and um, I, I don't know. I know we don't want to give away too much. I mean, this is yeah. a true crime. We, we, the, the results are out there in the real world. So I guess we've kind of given away the fact that, yes, she was murdered. And, yes, yeah. Gypsy was involved and, and, and all of that. There's so
0: much that. more. Yeah, all there's the tons more. Tons like, more. Just, exactly.
5: Like, there's, a, there's a very interesting McDonald's moment that we're not going to mention yet. <laughs>
0: I love a good McDonald's moment because it's just a true crime story about McDonald's. But, yes, we will not talk about your McDonald's moment. Well,
2: not. and if you Thank can't, you. like, you know, imagining, um, you know, that that's the thing about Gypsy to me that is so fascinating is that if you have not seen somebody that has been made sick or been made to feel that they were sick, like you think of a normal, even not normal, 20-something-year-old, oh, early 20-something-year-old and belongs. what they behave like. Gypsy is nothing like that. I mean, you really do have to see it. No, what I saw was
0: someone that was smart like a fox.
2: But also infantile. I mean, just young, young, young. Emotionally. yeah. You know, she, you're right. She's incredibly, I, I think, probably incredibly manipulative because she was raised by someone incredibly manipulative and at the same time has the emotional IQ of somebody that is so much younger.
0: Well, Aaron, what was your knee-jerk reaction to meeting Gypsy? I mean, yeah. did you have that feeling? I mean, what was your feeling of her?
5: Yeah, I I think you know I, I will be honest. I was I was really nervous before I met her. Just you know when you're interviewing somebody in prison, when you're making uh, a film for HBO, all of these things, a hundred things need to go right in order for the interview to look beautiful, to sound great, but also for you to get that raw emotion. So I was I was focusing on that, and then she comes in in this little girl voice, and she says, "Hi, Miss Erin," and you know she has handcuffs on. Yeah. And I just was like, wow, this is a insane job that I picked for myself. You know, which <laughs> gypsy am I going to meet today? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I do. I, as I agree with you guys. She is IQ level, very smart. Um, but she just has this thing where she, you know, she acts like a little girl. She wants to figure out what you want from her every single person kind of met a different Gypsy Rose. I don't think she knows that she's being dishonest or manipulative. I think it's ingrained in her personality. And, you know, I I think it's really important that she, you know, she keep in close contact with her dad and her stepmom to realize that there are people that don't need anything from her, that don't want anything from her. They just want to, you know, exist and sort of be there. Um, So my, my first impression was... Uh, very, you know, very childlike, but very smart, but was so brutally honest with me about what happened that night. And so I thought that was really, really impressive.
0: Quick question for you. How did they get away with second degree murder? Plea bargain. No, but seriously, Sorry. it was, <laughs> it was like, you know, I, I lo- think it's
5: the, it's the plea bargain. Lo- yeah, it's the abuse. I mean,
0: but they yeah. had such a long record of them talking about the murder beforehand it happens
2: all the time because the thing the thing that i'd be thinking about as a prosecutor joel would be listening not just because because you get a good sense of it watching the film um aaron you did an excellent job that way but like if you were in a jury you'd have to sit through hours weeks of every single little detail of the abuse that gypsy suffered and all it takes is one juror to say i am not going to convict this girl for anything She's a victim gotcha, gotcha. And she so, gets off the hook altogether, and yeah. a prosecutor's not going to risk that
0: uh, Matt, now that makes more sense to me because they don't want to risk an acquittal or a right. hung jury they 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 don't want to you know bring all, everything out there and get sympathy from that jury gotcha that makes- per- perfect sense to me now i I thought for sure the prosecutor would have been like, yeah, I want to see a needle in her arm you know for yeah. This. yeah, I mean because generally speaking that that would be what under normal circumstances, that's what most of us would be facing with that volume of of uh, evidence suggesting premeditation. Her
1: age, her personality, and the abuse yeah. would all mitigate against that. Oh, all yeah, mitigating. If she came in there with that voice and and the pictures, just, just mm-hmm. the assembled pictures and video that are in the film, um, that I think would push an awful lot of buttons. Hey, we really, we're down to the final, I can't believe it, 13 oh. minutes. I'd love, love to talk a little bit about the uh, Cannibal Cop film, because that's, uh, that's another bizarre case that we've talked about. It has really important societal ramifications, as oh. you conveyed so well.
3: <laughs>
5: Thank you. Yeah. Perhaps I, give
1: us a little rundown on it. Tell us what it's yeah, about for those who have been in a, I don't know, cave. <laughs> What's yeah, your- I,
5: I feel like, you know, that case, it's about Gilberto Valley. Um, you know, that that was a case that took a, basically two years of my life. It's so dear to my heart. Um, it is about a, a young man that uh, he was a New York City police officer and he was convicted by a New York jury of conspiring to kidnap, rape, torture and eat young women. That he knew he would look people up in the police database and say and he would fantasize about him. The prosecution said he was a serial killer in the making, but the defense painted a very, very, very different portrait. It was a young man who loved to look at fetish porn sites who liked to talk to other men late at night about these women that he was kidnapping. They said he was harmless, he was never going to do it, and that it is so unlawful and unjust to use our own Google searches against us in a court of law. I immediately, I, I was fascinated by the case and I set out to talk to him. And I, you know, I talked to him many, many, many times.
0: Well, you know... Uh, to be honest with you, I I kind of thought you know it reminded me of this the uh, cheap trick song the dream police there in my head, mm-hmm. but really yeah thought crimes and, and it seemed a lot of it was he was being convicted on thought crimes but he did commit a crime by using the on the job police database to get more information on on victims right. so that shouldn't is have done that where the crime actually did lie more but he got life didn't he? Uh, uh, he almost got life because, I mean, everyone kind of knows the story now. In fact, he's been on multiple radio interviews, and uh, he, he's talked about the ordeal. But, you know, the thing of it is, is Eric, we'd be so screwed if someone looked at our computer. Getting ready for true crime night? Oh, my so, God. So,
2: so would Rob Zombie and Stephen King. And, yeah. I mean, come and you- on. Yes, yeah. definitely me. Oh my god,
0: my computer's full of this stuff. You know, a good <laughs> friend of mine that happened to be a, a former military policeman was over, and we were watching the documentaries together. BS, you know, back and forth. He's retired now, and, and and he and he says, you know, here's the deal: is that would be like Stephen King being convicted of every murder he ever wrote about. Exactly. It, it, it's it's Such ridiculous. A very
5: dangerous precedent. Yes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it's
2: what it's what people. Fear most, too. You know, I, I think it didn't help that he was a cop, right? You know, because we we expect our cops to be a certain way. Um, you know, they're supposed to be infallible. They're not supposed to have any of these urges or thoughts. And, you know, you want all that sort of kept private. I mean, there were just a lot of things going against him uh, that were incredibly unfair. But I, I'm pretty sure that must have played a part in it, in people's
5: well, fear. And it's just that we, as a society, could not understand why somebody would have these thoughts and I really wanted the film to be sex positive. I never had anyone say that it's, it's wrong yeah. and it's, it's terrible to have these thoughts. We can't control what our sexual proclivities are. Gil Valley couldn't control that. Did he feed into it? Did he make it worse? You know, some might argue yes. But, you know, I, I just don't think it's a crime to, to, to have those thoughts.
0: Yeah, I, no, I agree. It's not a crime to express them either no. yeah no. you know write them down talk to people about these fantasies mm-hmm. uh, no matter whether you i or anyone else either agrees or disagrees it's kind of his right in a lot of ways to write this down one first amendment a jury in? a
5: jury convicted him you know That's what I'm and saying. like people I, said he should he should rot when i got to the film he was awaiting sentencing everybody said that guy's scum don't make a movie about him why would you spend time it's just like you know, at at, at a, before the judge overturned his conviction, he was deeply unpopular.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, what did you find? Did you find him to be a normal functioning, nice human being?
5: You know, I, I think he, I think he's an, I think he's a normal human being. Yeah, I think he did not like the movie. Um, you know, we got into feelings about it. He thought it was unfair. Um, he said a, a lot of really uncomfortable, somewhat sort of scary things to me after the fact. Oh man! And I said, you know, I, I just I you know, I do feel that he was delusional and what he expected. Um, but I, I feel like I could have done a better job, you know, being you know, being straight with him as the as the film progressed. When I got to the case, I really thought he was being railroaded. And then, you know, due to some, you know, some interacting with him day after day after day. I did see that he had boundary issues. Gotcha. But I did I did not believe he belonged in jail and the film always said that.
0: Yeah. Well, we covered that. Eric and I uh, we I think we covered that some years ago, didn't we when that story broke and we both Yeah, saw, wow. we d- we did. Clarissa, did, were have you were you involved with that? We talked about that other other than we, recently?
2: Um, other than recently, I haven't uh, I haven't covered it on my website or anything. Um, But it's, you know, it's something that I've talked a lot about just because I started my my uh, career with actual sex offenders. So, you know, it's the the role of sort of fantasy and the boundaries and, you know, expressing oneself is is a very popular topic in sex offender groups. And Mm -hmm. and I think that, you know, expressing yourself is not wrong, but um, occasionally playing into fantasies that, you know, do cross societal lines or, or mores can become a problem and it usually does mean that there are perhaps some boundary issues. So now
0: now he had a wife and kid though. Right. I mean, you know, he had a, from outside looking in a normal life.
5: Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, I think it just shows us, we don't know what's, you know, what's lurking behind the computer screens of men and women that we know. Uh, You know, I think he got married young. I think he had a hard time discussing what turned him on that's totally normal. I, he was a religious guy. Uh, you know, I feel, I felt, I always have felt sad that he couldn't talk to anybody about, you know, the thoughts of tying people up, that that's what he sort of liked. And that it sort of escalated there. Cause instead of talking to someone and really thinking about this, he turned to the internet and, you know, that has a way of adding gasoline to the fire.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, if my wife ever told me, Hey, tie me up, do whatever you want. I'd still go fishing. you know just
1: just uh apropos of not all that much kind of early on in the in the evolution of the internet and i'm thinking kind of early 00s uh, i got involved really kind of doing research for a book uh, a little before that so I, i was actually using the internet back in the in the 90s as far as researching and and whatnot but as far as the sociological aspects or the cultural aspects, that was all kind of evolving and developing more more in the early 00s. And, and I just – I remember that a person's mind can really head off in any number of directions, including areas that you aren't even necessarily really that interested in. It's just kind of a passing whimsy. It's a passing yeah. – curiosity. And what the internet has done is it has allowed passing curiosities to be very easily and oh, readily yeah, you got researched. you got that you search see. bar sitting there saying, ask me anything. Exactly. And so I think people are, are kind of jumping down more so these days in the last 15 years. I think people are, are pursuing at least the concept more vigorously or more deeply of, of some of these, you know, what we might call uh, you know, deviant behaviors or thoughts. I mean, thoughts, excuse me, not behaviors, thoughts, uh, more vigorously than they might have in the past. In the past, they may have just said, oh, yeah, well, that was weird. Why did I have that thought? That's kind of a strange thing. Whereas now it's so easy to pursue. So, I mean, does that any of that make sense to you, Aaron? Do you see that tendency out there? Is that possible?
5: I do. I think it's possible. I think that we live in an age where this sort of curiosity can, there, there can be like a seed and it can grow. Um, you know, I think it's it's sort of we're, we're in a new age figuring that out. And unfortunately, crimes are taking place
2: because of it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I, and so, I, I mean, you can, in a sense, see some of the fright, some of the fear that came from this case. Um, I think people I know I did. I immediately looked to all the worst of it, all yeah. the tawdriest aspects of it. And I said, yeah, fry the guy, you know. Yeah. Um, in But in retrospect, uh, I agree with you. He was being railroaded. Um, he may have had some gray areas as far as as far as boundaries, but he did not actually cross over into acting these things out behaving yeah. upon them and and that really is where it has to be quick question
5: um, though
0: eric when you're but done also I, I a, a federal question.
5: judge overturned the conviction so like that's you know he talks right now when he gives radio interviews he's like that those charges didn't stick yeah. i am exonerated from all um all the crimes that have been accused of were were any uh, of the like, you know
0: I'm sorry about that, Aaron. Sorry. Uh were any of the sorry. conspirators brought up on charges? The one in Pakistan, the one in England? Were the were they given the same treatment he was?
5: Uh Moody Blues in England uh was uh was sought after by law enforcement He was a particular, his name is Dale Bollinger, and he was convicted of grooming a child, and I believe, and, you know, I I should know this, but I think he got seven years. Uh, They never found the guy in Pakistan, and there was a co-conspirator, Michael Van Heys, who, you know, the cannibal cop was the big case, and he has just been sort of forgotten about. We actually got to interview his lawyer, who is fantastic, and, you know, due to to, uh, running time, we didn't didn't include her but that's always that's always made me feel a little sad you know sure. like there were sure. other people who are involved in this involved in this fantasy that are still paying the repercussions mm.
0: very true wow. very very true we're almost out of time here so why don't you tell the audience where they can watch these great films and, and all that kind of stuff
5: of course uh, you can see these two films mommy dendiris and thought crimes on HBO uh, I'm so obviously thrilled to be working with such a great partner uh you know they they believed in these films even though they were about these really disturbing odd very weird things and you know I just I have a lot of gratitude, and I think I you know it just it just shows that there is an audience for things like this, and it, it a large credit goes to Sheila Nevins, head of HBO Docs, who you know has executive produced this, and Sarah Bernstein who produces it. So HBO, go very watch cool. it. Very cool,
0: very very cool. Erin Lee Carr, everybody, check out her films. You're going to love them. You're going to think, and uh, you're you're going to want more when you're done. I guarantee you. On behalf of myself, Joel, Sturgis, Mr. Eric Olson over there, and the beautiful and talented Dr. Clarissa Cole. Thank you for listening to this edition of After Hours AM. And, man, wow, crazy, crazy stuff out there. But remember, if you think it, they cannot convict. Thank you for listening to this edition of After Hours AM. And please remember to like us on Facebook and also follow us over on Twitter.